Welcome to episode four. I'm just so excited about what the Lord is doing here at the Contentment Studio. If you're a born-again woman who is practicing the six intimacy skills, I just want you to know that I really feel like the Lord wants us to change Christian culture. And all of, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us in all of our little towns and in all of our little cities. And I just want to read you um, a message that someone sent me this week. Um, it's someone that I met in a Facebook group. Um, and she was just commenting on how much horrible advice, right, we see in these Facebook groups. Um, people saying, oh, just get out, you know, when um, there's something, even something fairly small, right, going on in a marriage. Um, people saying, you know, to, oh, just tell him what you think. Um, yeah, that's going to land as criticism, and it's going to make the disrespect problem that's already pretty bad so much worse. So, um, like, my heart just goes out every day to these incredibly discontent Christian women. I just um, see so much discontent, especially in Facebook groups, right, where women are writing in and saying um, just how much they're struggling, how overwhelmed and alone they feel, and then um, they're getting a hundred comments of advice that will make things worse. So that's why I'm so passionate about this. Here's what my friend said. After learning from Laura Doyle and seeing her transformation in my marriage, it breaks my heart seeing the Christian advice women are giving in these groups. So that's why every one of us who is making these skills our habit, seeing the value, seeing how all of a sudden what scripture says about what it means to be a submitted wife, all of that starts to actually make sense and feel doable. Um, the deep mystery of Ephesians 6, right, where like there's um, just a mystery that's too deep for words, and yet we start to have that written on our hearts. Like when we're in that territory, that's what needs to go public, ladies. And I am so glad you are here. By listening to this podcast, you have become part of that movement. And I am just so excited to get to know you better. Please reach out to me. I would love to meet you. I Again, I just feel like it's going to take every single one of us. And it's going to take us linking arms in order to really change the culture so that every woman knows that she doesn't have to suffer like that. She doesn't have to feel that discontent, that the answers really are all in scripture. Like I am just so passionate about this, you guys. And so just thank you. Thank you for being here. And please, like, step out in faith today. Just let someone know about this. 
and let's change the culture. If you're a born-again Christian wife and you want to experience joy and abundant life while being a respectful wife, this is your show. My name is Lucy Martin and I'm a licensed therapist in the state of Maine and I'm also a certified relationship coach. I have the marriage of my dreams and I want that for you too. This is the show that's going to help you get there no matter how far gone things are right now. This is about inspiration and how magnetic biblical womanhood can really be. And it's also full of tons of super practical action steps you can take today. So let's dive in and see what God has for us. I just wanted to tell you all a story. Um, I was just in the Empowered Wife workshop with some ladies going through... Um, we play this really fun game in the Empowered Wife Workshop where we go through a list of scenarios and talk about whether they would be an occasion to apologize for being disrespectful. And one of the scenarios is he asks you to call the doctor for him and you respond, I can't. And so we were talking about why responding with I can't is not disrespectful. It's actually a cheat phrase in the vulnerability skill. And we, when we started talking about it and unpacking why this is so, it doesn't sound like a big deal, right? Just call him, call the doctor for him, right? And it's not a big deal to do that, you know, every once in a while. And you're always the expert on your own life. These are tools, not rules. And yet, not taking the bait and calling, making phone calls for my husband has changed my life so much. Let me tell you about that. So when my husband and I were first together, um, he was experiencing such bad anxiety that sometimes he wouldn't, he would just sit in the Walmart parking lot for an hour and then turn around and drive away because he couldn't face going in the store. Social anxiety. That's what that's called. Um, and I had a story about him early in our relationship that he was not capable of making a phone call. And so I would make the phone calls for him. Once I found the skills, I slowly and gradually, as it fit for me, started to back off from that stance. And sometimes I would say, I can't. What does I can't mean? It means I can't do that and be the person that I want to be. I can't do that and not be resentful. Like it doesn't fit for me to always have to make every phone call. Um, and so you guys, last year we bought this house. Like we, we did a real estate deal and I knew, um, you know, I had a coach training and a couple years of practicing the skills under my belt. And I knew that I did not want to um, really participate in the nitty gritty of the real estate process. And so I just stepped back and I, I would just um, continually um, express confidence in his ability to handle all the details um, he would ask me to make phone calls during that process all the time. 
and they were time sensitive phone calls, right? And I would say, I can't. And at one point I even, you know, explained to him, I can't because if I get involved on that level, you are not going to like me. I'm going to get over-involved. I'm going to get emotional. I'm going to get stressed out. I'm not going to be able to stay relaxed and radiant and feminine. And I'm just not going to be able to stay respectful. I'm I can such an all or nothing person. Like if I start to turn on that involvement in the real estate deal, I'm going to try to take over. Like I knew that about myself. And so I said, I can't, I can't make that phone call. And I, at that moment, I had to be willing for the whole deal to fall apart. You know what? My intimacy in my marriage is more important to me than that real estate deal, than having this house. I care about happiness and generational um, like alignment with the Lord's plan for families. I care about that stuff more than I care about where I live. And so um, he wound up making all the calls, um, closing the deal just great. Um, you know, I came to the closing um, like a queen, excited about my new home and sign some papers. And that was about all I did. And oh my goodness, you guys, like it was such an amazing feeling to just sit back and receive all that. And then he had to open a business account to finish this house and deal with the hardware store sometimes 10 times a day on the phone. Um, to get the siding on this house as fast as possible. And you know what? He did all of that, and he just stepped into a whole new way of seeing himself. And you guys, I got so emotional on this workshop call because I realized if I had kept the story that I needed to make every phone call for him because of his social anxiety, we never would have bought this house, guys. We wouldn't be living here. We wouldn't have the, this, like all of this was made possible by these skills. That's how powerful they are. So I just wanted to share that story with you guys, just in case it's a little bit hard, right? As a Christian wife to say, I can't, if your husband asks you to do something. I invite you to use any kind of resentment as a little notification to yourself that you might need to consider or you might want to consider whether it could be a fit for you to say, I can't um, this week at some point just to um, kind of express that you have limits. Um, I know for me in the past, I used to just do all the things, all the homestead things, all the house things, fall into bed, just wrung out like a sponge at 11 p.m. And that is not what I want for you, ladies. It's impossible to be a respectful wife under those conditions. Uh, I want you to feel relaxed and happy and just willing to receive his special treatment. And all of that comes with being able to be vulnerable and accept that you have limits. And that's what um, this cheat phrase of saying I can't is all about. So I just want to um, encourage you and um, give you an opportunity 
to experiment with that this week. And if you want more information on the context for that cheat phrase, you can look at the book, The Empowered Wife. It has a whole chapter on vulnerability that includes um, the use of that cheat phrase. An exciting new membership opportunity is happening at the Contentment Studio. This is created as a response to what women have been telling me that they want. And honestly, it's what I've been wanting for years. A sisterhood of women with similar values, passionate about God and marriage. It's what I've always wanted and I'm excited to hang out with you there. Membership equips you with the very same specific tools I use every day to bulletproof my own marriage against the enemy. And if you're a born-again Christian wife, I just love the opportunity to get to know you better. There's no pressure to join membership. You can just be part of our free Facebook group. Chloe, I'm so excited to be talking with you. Chloe is a student of intimacy skills, loves Jesus, and has just such an awesome heart for this. And I just um so excited to dive into all the things. Um, but let's start out by uh, can you just tell us a little bit about your walk with Jesus? Yes, I'd love to. Um, so yeah, I was so, so blessed. My parents uh, were committed to taking me to church every Sunday and we went to a great um, Bible-believing church. I got to hear the gospel a lot and um, was in a part of the country where it like wasn't cool to go to church. Um, and so it was just so uh, clear to me, the message of um, repentance and um, sin and redemption, it just um, really hit home. And so when I was 13, I decided I was uh, going to follow Jesus. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, just I was a couple years after that that I uh, became aware that I had this desire, as Laura Doyle would say, to, um, you know, get married one day. Um, I was basically, though, totally boy crazy. So uh, it was a problem because I did not have all these other skills. I didn't have the skill of relinquishing control of the timeline um, and just trusting God. And I also didn't have uh, the skill of respect. So I did not really frankly respect God's thinking on you know, marriage and relationships and sex and um, all these things. So um, even as a teenager in, in a true controlling fashion, I just, you know, took took charge of things myself and took my relationships in my own hands. And um, really, you know, the first cute guy that pursued me, I was I was all in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that unfortunately, those relationships in high school got scary pretty quick. Um, because I, I wasn't operating by the spirit. Um, I wasn't doing things God's way. Um, I wasn't doing things the skills way either, obviously. Um, and for me, so Laura calls them skills. Um, I think as Christians, we call it maybe fruit, fruits of the spirit. Um, for me, they've really showed up in the same way. Um, so Laura will call it self-care. Um, but as Christians, we call it joy. Um, Laura calls it, you know, relinquish control and um, we call it self-control. Uh, Laura calls it vulnerability and um, we call it gentleness. Um, so for me, it's really the skills have been like the same thing, but just a different um, vocabulary. And um, what I experienced at that point in my walk with God was, um, you know, when I 
when I lost the skills, when I lost touch with the spirit, and when I chose control, um, there was there was always going to be a consequence. And uh, in this case, it was really painful because these guys that I was uh, in relationships with in high school, they um, there was all sorts of drugs involved. There was heroin, there was cocaine, there was physical abuse. Um, I was drugged at one point. There was sexual abuse. It was just uh, it was very, very painful. And, um, yeah, God actually used my church community to get me out of that situation. And they told me how much God loved me and how he had a better plan for me. And it didn't matter how much I had messed up. Um, and, um, I, I came to, you know, really a whole new point, um, in my relationship with God. And, um, uh, it was just a really powerful time and a really powerful message. And, um, yeah, those folks at church, they were right because my Prince Charming did come <laughs> eventually. Um, but yeah, uh, because I had never mastered those skills, though, as a teenager, I didn't have this, you know, the spiritual maturity to um, to know what to do in my marriage. And so when I look back on it, I feel like God said, OK, Chloe, we're going to try this again. Um, and I really want you to pay attention because this time I'm going to give you a mirror and it's going to be your husband and, uh, you can't run away from this mirror because, uh, he lives with you. <laughs> and so, um, he, I, God was just, um, really committed. I feel to do what he says he'll do in Philippians one, where he says, um, when I have begun a good work in you, I will carry it on to completion. And I feel like that's what my um, marriage has been a process of for me, um, that God was going to teach me these, these skills, these fruits one way or another. And, uh, he's going to teach me, you know, how to take off the old self and put on the new self. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was my experience. <laughs> wow. That's, that's a lot. That's like, it was, that was a lot to endure, like before you found, like as you found your way, like, and I can relate so much to your story. I feel like we're like, we have a lot in common. <laughs> so, I'm just like feeling it with you. Because <laughs> like, I was, yeah. I, would, I know what that was like. I would, I went through a lot of the same um, dark alleys as a teen that you did. Um, so I can really, and I didn't find Jesus until much later. So I, I really can feel what, what you went through there. And, mm -hmm. um, I just love what you're saying about, like, I love what you were saying about the skills and how, um, you've integrated them into your faith and your understanding of like, and I, I, I'm like, can you say that part again? The part about um, self-care is like the joy of the Lord is our strength kind of thing. Like, can you talk about that a little bit more? I like don't want to move on from that yet. Yeah, because um, I think that really tripped me up for a while because um, with Laura Doyle's work, you know, she doesn't quote scripture and she, I, I kind of shied away from it for a long time. Um, but when it came down to the, fact that her her work was the only thing that actually really did save my marriage um then I was able to look back so um yeah I I I see each of the skills kind of go with either a fruit of the spirit or just um something that we want um that 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 we are encouraged to do in scripture so um self-care I think Laura Doyle also says you know being the girl of fun and light 
Um, I, I relate that so much to joy. I feel so much joy when I'm practicing that skill. Um, Laura calls, Laura will say we can relinquish control or, you know, kind of stay on our side of the street and let the other person do what they need to do on their paper. And um, I think that relates really well to self-control um, as a fruit of the spirit. And it's also um, so like the log, the log in your eye, um, the log in your own eye and the speck in your neighbor's eye, right? I mean, yes. A lot of scriptures that like nowhere in the Bible does it tell you to control other people. Like, no. Yes. Thankfully yeah. it would not work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, go, go on though. Sorry. Oh, um, the last one I, I um, thought up off the top was Laura talks a lot about vulnerability. And, um, I think that that relates really well to gentleness. Yeah. Um, yeah, just being, you know, soft and, and gentle. Um, and so, but, but Laura just gives, uh, she gives you the cheap phrases and the, the how, and, um, it was just so helpful to really know how to walk that out. Yes. For me too, because I found that if I didn't have something actionable like that, I would just, whatever I would read, like I would read love and respect by Emerson or Griggs or however you say his name. And I, I would read it. I would believe it. I would understand it. I'm smart. Um, but I would not be able to do it because it would just get taken into my controlling nature that is just was hardwired in me um, because I I had some really powerful role models of being a controlling woman. Um, so it's just, uh, it really took some like rewiring to change that. And then once I did, then I can read the same book and completely be coachable because I'm not taking it into that. So like all those resources are actually like more helpful than ever because they're not getting taken into that controlling nature. <clears throat> yeah, I completely agree. So how did your marriage change? Like what was your marriage like before you found the skills or really started to like make the skills your habit um yeah what was it like before yeah I share I share a lot of my story with Laura Doyle on her podcast I, I went under the code name Noel and I was uh, episode 141 so I I, I uh, tell this story in detail from more of like a I guess a secular perspective but um from the point of view of my faith um I I, I just really see that um, I, because I didn't have these skills are not just for marriage. I didn't have these skills with God. And so because I didn't have the skills with God, um, things really just kind of like fell apart. So for example, I, I didn't have the skill of receiving graciously. Um, so when my husband did come into my life and he was just like this amazingly attractive, confident, perfect man that I had always hoped for, I, I really, I don't think that I believe that God could be that good to, to give me someone like that. And so I became very critical of this gift that God really just like put in my lap. Um, and, uh, I could not receive it. I just really could not receive it. And I, that did lead to a lot of, um, criticism. So I found myself rejecting my husband, uh, and God himself. Um, and I also didn't have the skill of self-care and, um, 
I thought I just needed to like, you know, work, work, work and clean more toilets and make more casseroles and pay more bills. And like, if I could just do enough stuff, then I would be a good helper and I could maybe earn my husband's uh, love. But um, I mean, we talk about uh, having like a works-based faith. I had a, a works-based marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, the more I did, the more I thought um, I'd gain his approval and, and that just uh, didn't work. It just made me very resentful. Wow. That phrase works-based marriage really just gave me chills. And so I don't know why that's never, that phrase has never hit me before. Like, come, but that's exactly what is being taught to women, works-based marriage. That's, that sums it up. It's like being a helpmate is like supposed to be, is like, and it, uh, yeah, that, that sums up what the problem is because it's just like, just like Ephesians 6 says, it, it is such a picture like of each other. Like, and so if our relationship with God is like, no, you're loved, like you, that's also our relationship with like that. If we're able to fully receive it, like no, your love, like exactly as you are, like, you don't have to lift a finger for the rest of your life and you're loved. Like, it doesn't mean you don't like, of course you desire to be like, you know, um, but it's like, it's so important to get that. I love that. That was super, like that gave me chills, workspace marriage. Yeah. That, that really says it. Yeah, I, I, um, I really did get hung up on that helper thing because Laura says in her book that um, helpful in wife language is disrespectful in husband language. And right there, I read that line and I'm like, well, Laura, I don't know if you're aware, but in the Bible, it specifically tells me I'm supposed to be my husband's helper. So like, I kind of, I, I couldn't really reconcile that in my mind. Um, and what I've really come to is that, um, you know, I I don't think that being my husband's helper means I'm supposed to, you know, tell him how to lower his cholesterol and how to, you know, save money and, and, um, like how to make his life easier and take away his burdens. Um, because when God originally made Eve, uh, he said it wasn't good for man to be alone. And so he was going to make a helper for him. But I, but I don't think that that meant that, um, Adam was not competent to do his job. The problem was that he was alone. And so I found that when I view that as the problem that I can help my husband with, like the loneliness problem, um, it is so much more um, fruitful. And um, yeah, just like being in my husband's corner, being his friend, um, being the one to start the pillow fights, like that is what really works. (laughs) I. My favorite translation, because I really dug into that word, because I've got this blog post that's been in drafts because I'm kind of scared to release it because I I like really, I'm like, I really need to, to like dispel this myth because the thing, like this misunderstanding. And um, if you dig into that word, the word means like, it means like um, a compliment, like as if like two things that fit together um, that champions you. So it also means like the word helper, it, that word is the same word that's used 
throughout the Old Testament when God comes in and saves Israel. So it's like a, a savior, like um, not that Wajah is supposed to be their husband savior at all, but that it's a very powerful championing. And I feel like as wives, we need to powerfully champion our husbands. Like cheerleaders, not the right word, but that song, I always feel like that song in a way, like a really lighthearted way kind of captures it. Um, and my husband agrees with me on that. Like we talk about this stuff. Um, and he's like, yeah, that song is like, really like got it, you know, like got it down of like what, what guys want a girl to be like. And, um, so I've, I kind of like, that's my understanding that we're, I really have dug into it because I, I have seen again and again, like men do not, they're not attracted to their mothers. They do not want to be helped do not want you to make them you know their lunch and things like that my husband doesn't want me to touch his lunchbox <laughs> and stuff and like he really appreciates that I leave all that stuff to him because I'm like you've got it like you're you've got it you know like he's competent to handle his own his own everything um so I just love that you brought that forward so it sounds like um, you you were like, so what else do you want to say about what your marriage was like before um, you found the skills? Um, I mean, we had we had a lot of. Um, uh, so this is interesting. So af so after I went on Laura Doyle's podcast, shared my story, my husband ended up listening to the story and he took me out for a brunch afterwards so sweet yeah. and then he uh he told me he's like I really did not see things that way at all like from my perspective I thought we were like having all these cold wars we were angry at each other all the time it was real bad um for years and years and um he just he never really felt that way he's like I mean we had some hard times but um so I I think um I a lot of it was I think probably in my head and learning really mm -hmm. how to um, find evidence for the good. Um, like yeah. it says in Philippians 4, 8, you talk yeah. about that verse a lot. And I just did not, I did not master that verse at all. Um, I was focusing on a lot of negative. And so it was increasing in my mind. Um, but in my mind, we were having cold wars a lot. Uh, I always think about it. What it. One just like little picture of what it was like before. And then what it's like now is our rides in the car. So I used to watch the clock and I would time us to see how long he could go without speaking to me. And we'd go on these like long car rides sometimes and it would be hours and we would not say a single word to each other. And I would just just fume, just fume in the car like that. And then finally I would explode like just before we get to our destination or whatever. Um, our last road trip we did, uh, we planned a karaoke night. We were planning what our karaoke duet was going to be. <laughs> and we were just like cracking up, listening to these different songs and um, really enjoying each other's company and having a great time and a lot of laughing. Um, yes. So uh, I, I like that before and after. <laughs> yeah, I love that that's perfect and yeah I just can hear that like he's such a gift and like you weren't able to receive the gift fully is what I'm hearing like a gift from God yeah that's what his name means is a gift from God <laughs> oh, I love that so it's very true <laughs> yes 
and I can so relate to that. I feel like that's kind of the, cause our marriage like wasn't that bad either. And in fact, my husband, when I said that I wanted to do coach training in order to improve our marriage, cause that was really my, my main goal. Um, he was like, I just can't see it. He was like, I can't see what the problem is. Like, I don't see a problem. Like there's no problem going on here. Um, so I was the one who wasn't like receiving the gift graciously of like who he is. Um, so I can relate to that. And it sounds like you were just feeling maybe convicted about how you were showing up like in that, because of that. Yeah. I had a lot of bitterness. I, um, yeah, I just didn't like who I was and, um, that's exactly right. That's well said. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I love that picture of after, um, do you want to share anything else about, about after you found the skills and, and your marriage, like what's your marriage like now? Um, especially from this perspective of just kind of feeling in alignment with like what scripture says that about being a woman and being married. Yeah. Um, so there was always this uh, verse in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians five, where it talks about wives are called to submit to their husbands and all things, just as we, as the church submits to Christ. And I would read that and I'd be like, Oh, how am I supposed to do that? Like that, this is just not in alignment with reality. <laughs> like I just, I couldn't fathom it. Um, and I would be like, okay, sure. I would like submit to whatever he thought. Sometimes that I'd be very, uh, like resentful and angry about it. And, um, with Laura's skills, she, she has this cheat phrase that says, whatever you think, you can just say whatever you think. And even if you don't even agree with it, you can still say whatever you think, um, just as an experiment. And so, um, after I found the skills, I, I just like, okay, fine. I can say three words. I can at least do that. And so, um, I just started saying whatever you think everywhere, whatever you think, whatever you think. Yeah. Whatever you think. Hmm. Whatever you think. Like I just, I was just like, it just eventually started kind of rolling off my tongue and I got to see for the first time my husband do whatever he thinks. And it was, everything worked out fine. Like it really did. Um, and, um, so I, I, it took me to the place of like, whereas before I would do what scripture says, because I have to do it. That's what the Bible says to a point of like, now I really feel it. I really feel whatever he thinks is going to be great. And so I'm very grateful for that cheat phrase. Um, and this happened about about a year ago, um, I I uh, have been staying home with our six-year-old um, since he was born. And about a year ago, I received two job opportunities that seemed like super dreamy. Um, one was a job at this beautiful little uh, church preschool where I could teach. And then the other one was um, working for our church, which we were just so in love with. And um, I mean, they came out of nowhere. I was super flattered that I'd have this opportunity. I was really excited. And so um, I got to come to my husband and like share my feelings on it. I was like, I'm, you know, really excited about these job opportunities and I would love to go back to work. And he told me his thoughts, which is his strength, what he can operate out of is his thinking. And he said, he thought about it and he, he like gave it several days actually. And he came back and said, um, I just don't think that it's a good time for you to go back to work right now. Um, I'm traveling a lot. 
Um, we, I, I really, you're so valuable um, with our son and, um, you know, everything that we're pouring into him. I really want to pour into our son while he's young. Um, and so I was like, my big happiness balloon was kind of like deflated. Um, but because I had practiced whatever you think, and just that simple phrase so many times, and it, it always, it never failed me. I was truly able to say and feel whatever you think and know that like, just as when God tells me things that don't make sense in the moment, my husband tells me things that don't make sense in the moment. But in the end, um, I mean, they, they, neither one of them ever steer me wrong. And so now a year later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I see um, these women that took these roles and they are so overwhelmed. Their children are suffering because they're just like dragging them around all the, over the place. And um, I'm so grateful that I um, was able to just tell my husband whatever he thinks. And I was able to follow his leadership and actually um, not just say it, but really, really feel it. Um, and have my life be congruent with what the scripture teaches. It feels yeah. so good. Yes, that's such a beautiful, thank you for sharing that story. And that so lines up with my experience too, like where it might not make sense in the moment. And then, and like also that the skills give us, right, this, this way of expressing our desires. And so it's not, I feel like there's a misunderstanding that the world has um, that biblical submission is like disempowering and when it's actually empowering, just like it's empowering to give your life to Jesus and submit to Jesus. Um, it doesn't look that, I mean, the world is never going to understand that. Um, but even I see a lot of misunderstanding among people in the church about that or just like that the church has bought into what the world says I guess about biblical submission um because there's just a lack of understanding about the power of desires too and also just that like it's almost hard it's I find you know when he says like it's a mystery too deep for words. He says in Ephesians six, like that's where I find it really hard to explain why, um, like respect slash submission is actually empowering, but it, it so is like, I know, you know, it is. Um, and I, I'm just like, I, I mean, your story does a good job of explaining it. Like, it's like, makes your life better. <laughs> And so much easier, right? Like I, easier. It's like yeah. just kind of like kick back and enjoy the ride because you're surrendered. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Like for me, I was so stressed about money. Like I used to be, I was horrible with money, and the best thing I ever did was relinquish control of the finances. And that's a really good example of how empowering it is because we are so much more. Pro like everything about our life has improved dramatically since I relinquished control of finances like um like unbelievably <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. mean what's more empowering than that like we were you know super struggling when I was running the finances I can relate <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was our story yeah yes yeah so that's a good example of it too um yeah yeah, so that kind of segues us into like, why is 
why, why is this really needed? Like, why is this piece of information like missing from, from Christian culture kind of thing? Or like, how do you see this helping Christian culture? Yeah. Um, I have to say, first of all, I'm just so excited, um, about, uh, your work, Lucy, because I've been praying for someone like you for, for years and, um, I'm, yeah, this is just so powerful. So I, um, I would say it's, to me, it's so critical for women in the church, uh, to have these skills, or if you don't like the name skills, it's the, to me, it's the fruits of the spirit, um, because marriage is, a, you know, it's a picture of Christ in the church. And so if we don't get to me, if, if, I, if I don't get my marriage right, and, and by that, I mean, like, not just have it survive, but like, have it be all the rainbows and butterflies that we hope for when we get married and the passion and the fun and the playfulness. And if I don't get that right, then my testimony to me is, it just kind of falls flat. Um, and so, um, I've, I've seen some really well-meaning marriage advice that, um, seems really popular, at least in the Christian circles that I have been in. And, um, for me, it was just so important to get clear on that advice because I used to use, I used to use some of this advice to kind of like, um, blame other people for my marriage problems, blame my husband, blame those around me, blame outside circumstances. And meanwhile, of course, I had this huge log in my eye that I like, don't worry about that. Everybody else has the dust spec. That was kind of what I was focused on. Um, and so when I came to the skills, they really showed me how to take accountability um, for what was on my side of the street and take that log out of my eye and um, really actually fix my marriage. Um, so yeah, it is so powerful. Your husband must be really grateful for like this work that God has done in you. Has he ever said anything to you about it? Oh, he, well, I'm always on, you know, Lord Doyle group calls or things like that. And he um, is, says he's so proud of me and Aww. he's always telling me I should be a coach or lead a Bible study or do something. But um, yeah, I can really, I can really see that he is. And yeah. that feels so good. Yes. Like I really see that in my husband as well. Like he often like will kind of come home with a story and be like grieved for other husbands kind of thing. Yes. And, um, yes. Yeah. It's kind of gratifying. You hate that for the other couple, but it's like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We, I got something right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's really, um, it's really like, it just makes me super grateful for the work that God has done, um, through this, these skills. And because I do feel like, um, I think what, what bothers me though, or like what makes me want to act is that the women that he's talking about, or just are like people that I know that they spend time in God's word. Like I know how much it means to them to do I know that they think that they're being respectful wives. And so it's just kind of like, oh, like, I'm just like, I want this for them. Like, I want them to be happy. And I like, I know that there's, I just know that they're not like, because I'm, you know, and so it's just, 
it's just like a oh feeling and I see I still see like women just turning towards this when their marriage is like super on the rocks and I'm just like is there a way that we could convey that this is actually a key to biblical womanhood like it's just a way that it just explains it really well one way I've thought about it too is like maybe it's just a way of explaining like the way it works it's like a key that unlocks scripture for us women but wouldn't necessarily it's like it works different for guys but for us women it's like if you have this feminine approach to god like you said it's like it teaches you a feminine approach to life to like receiving life and receiving scripture like honey in your mouth like i have really had like a physical experience of like raving scripture like honey in my mouth like which I never had before the skills and like craving my husband's leadership like it's not at all like a hardship at all at all at all and that's the feminine that like actually longs for all of that like longs to receive all that and like I feel like there's just become such a it's like become so normal to be masculine as a, as women and it's like crept up on women and they don't even realize that it's crept up on like it's sneaky it's like yeah. the rules of the world sneaking in and yeah. I don't think that people even see it happening but yeah. this work kind of undoes that yeah um, and I'm actually gonna, I need to wrap up because, but I would love to have you back on because I just feel like I can talk to you about this forever. Um, Let's do it. So um, could you just um, close us out in prayer? Um, my husband actually just let me know he needs me to come downstairs. So um, yes, yes. I would love to. Thank you. Okay. Um, God, I thank you so much for this time with Lucy. I thank you so much for her ministry. Um, God, we thank you for uh, your plan for marriage and how it is so, so, so good. And I pray for all the women who would um, find the skills and who would find Lucy. And I pray that hearts would just be so open. And um, uh, God, I just pray that you would do a, a great work in transforming marriages all over the world um, to be according to your design. And um we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'd be so grateful if you would just take a sec to support this ministry by writing a review of this podcast. If you do so and send me a screenshot, I'll send you a shorter version of the really lovely devotional workbook that I've been giving to all my new members. And I'd love to spread the hope and empowerment that this work brings far and wide. So please consider sharing an episode with a friend. Also, I'd love to welcome you into the Contentment Studios free Facebook community. It's the community that goes with this podcast where it's just a fun, positive space where we talk about these skills, dive into God's word together and pray together. We are building something super special that I know you would love.